This is Ann Robertson, the pastor of the United Methodist Church of Westford in Westford, Massachusetts. This is the sermon from July 2nd, this past Sunday, yesterday. The title of the sermon is Where Are the Shepherds? And it was an appropriate sermon for a very unfull church on this July 4th weekend as everybody goes off to their various camps and vacations and family gatherings. Hope everyone had a good time. Anyway, this is the sermon from that morning. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel, which comes from the gospel of John in the 21st chapter, verses 15 through 17. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, and appropriately for summer, out on the beach. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to me a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The island of Iona is a small island in the Inner Hebrides on the western coast of Scotland. It's three and a half miles long and one and a half miles wide. It's famous as the site of St. Columba's Monastery in the sixth century. And it was from Iona that the monks spread out to bring Christianity to Scotland and eventually to all of Britain and even beyond. The Vikings sacked the early monastery and it lay in ruins until a Benedictine abbey was built there in medieval times. The abbey, too, was ruined, this time by the Scottish Reformation in the 16th century. It was finally restored in 1938 by a minister from Glasgow named George MacLeod, and he wanted a project to give work to the unemployed in his city. The modern religious community of Iona sprang from Reverend MacLeod's vision of Christians of all denominations who would work with and for the poor around the world for peace and justice. The island today attracts thousands of tourists in the summer months, and 75 to 100 people who come each week in the spring and summer months live there on the island as part of the Iona community, sharing in work and joining together in the renovated abbey for worship every morning and every evening. And that's what I did for the last week of a six-week stay in Scotland back in the summer of 2004. There isn't a whole lot besides the abbey on the island. There are some B&Bs where other tourists stay. There are some small shops. And there are a handful of year-round residents who have small farms with some sheep, some cows, and a few chickens and horses here and there. Even at the height of tourist season, I could wander the island and still find solitary places along the beach or up on one of the high, bare hills. You have to watch out that you don't step in a bog and sink up to your knees been there, done that. 
And you have to stay away from a couple of areas where these tiny little nasty biting things called midges. But for the most part, you can always find a private place, a thinking spot. And the farmers have made peace with the tourists wandering amongst their sheep and their cows, as long as you remember to close the pasture gate behind you when you leave. And so one day, as I'd finished my chores at the McLeod Center and wandered down one lonely road, through a couple of pasture gates and down to the beach on the north side of the island. After some time alone with the rocks and the sand and the waves, it was getting close to supper time and I knew I needed to start back. So I went back up the beach, back through the pasture gates, and back onto the road until I was about a quarter of a mile from the center. And at that point, I could see that the pasture gates on either side of me were open allowing the sheep to cross the road and head from one pasture to another. Nobody was anywhere nearby, but clearly the sheep knew the routine, and almost all of them were now in the new pasture from the old. All of them were there, in fact, except two. And I held back a bit from the gates so that I didn't frighten the sheep and to let the last two get across. But as I did that, I saw the situation more clearly. The two sheep that were left in the old pasture were a pitiful sight. Lame with foot rot and probably other things, they could hardly move. One of them consistently fell onto its front knees, which were now black with mud and with dirt. And so she hobbled and she crawled on her back legs and on her front knees, painfully trying to get to the gate and then across the road the hard road. Her friend stayed close, but wasn't in much better shape. The other sheep didn't fall to her knees, but she limped and she hobbled ever so slowly, also trying to make the painful pilgrimage to the new pasture with the rest of the herd. Sheep lover that I am, tears were streaming down my face as I watched them. They were too big, or I would have gone thrown one of them on my shoulders and carried them across the road. My own knees hurt every time I saw the one fall onto the hard asphalt, onto those terrible knees. I looked around, and there was a house nearby, but there wasn't anybody in sight. Where was the shepherd, I thought. No one was out along the lonely road. Somebody had come out and opened the gate at some point. I assumed somebody would come and close it sometime. But where were they now? There was all this anger and panic that was inside me. The sheep were hurting. The sheep were lame. They could barely get to the pasture. Where are the shepherds? I wanted to run up and down the road and scream for them. Where are the shepherds? Where are the shepherds? And so I stood there and I cried and I prayed for the hurting sheep. And as I did, I began to hear that inner voice, that still small voice Not an audible one, but the one in my heart that I've come to know as the voice of God. And it stopped me in my tracks. And it said, so it is with my world, with my people, with my children. They are lame and hurting. It's not that they don't want good pasture. It's not that they don't know where it is. They're lame. They're diseased and they're hurt. They can't get there. They need shepherds. But the shepherds are too busy elsewhere. The shepherds sit back and say, the door's open, they can come in if they wish. But they can't come. 
They're lame, they're hurting, they need the shepherds to bring them. Tell the shepherds to care for the sheep. And then the voice was still. And so I wandered back to my supper, my heart breaking for the two sheep, and my spirit wondering and digesting the message I'd been given. As I thought about that message in the hours and in the days that followed, at first I thought it was a message for pastors of congregations. After all, even the word pastor comes from the traditional imagery of clergy as shepherds, of congregations as flocks. And that was part of the message, but it wasn't the main part. As I prayed about it, I came to understand that every professed disciple of Jesus Christ has taken upon themselves the role of the shepherd. We come first as sheep, not sure where to go or what to do or how to find good food. But once we meet Jesus and we embark on the path of discipleship, we've entered shepherd school. We're learning to be like the great shepherd himself. We're learning how to find lost sheep, how to tend to foot rot and matted wool, how to fend off the wolves and the lions, how to identify green pastures and still waters and lead other sheep there. Where are the shepherds? We're in churches across the globe, both in the pulpit and in the pews, often so busy with our own concerns and the managing of the sheepfold that we've failed to notice the condition of the sheep outside. We opened the gate. Isn't that enough? They can come in any Sunday that they choose. We're not stopping them. No. And we're not really helping them either. It's not that they don't want the good pasture. It's not that they don't know where it is. They're lame. They're diseased and hurt. They cannot get there. They need the shepherds. Where are the shepherds? We are the shepherds. And God's message is, tell the shepherds to care for the sheep. And so I bring that message, both to myself and to you. We are charged to care for the sheep. If you've taken the step of saying that you want to learn to be like Jesus, you want your heart to be the same as Jesus' heart and his life to be your life, you're no longer a sheep. You're a shepherd. And you're charged by God to care for the sheep, those who need help in finding the real food and water of life. There are more outside than inside our walls, and they're lame and hurting and can barely make it across the road. They are the ones looking for life and love in all the wrong places, bringing harm to themselves and to others, frightened, confused, belligerent. Tell the shepherds to care for the sheep, not to spend all our time caring about the other shepherds, not to keep propping up the sheepfold, not to keep the pasture mowed and trimmed, although I do appreciate John's efforts, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Tell the shepherds to care for the sheep. I've told you, I've told myself, it's time to act. During the meditation time right after the sermon, I invite you to take a couple moments to pray, asking God to bring to mind someone outside the church who needs your care. 
just quiet your mind and your heart and see if there isn't a name or a face that comes to mind, a sheep that could use a shepherd. Then, when it comes time for communion, I invite you to consider extending the love of God to others. Up here at the front is a basket with a bunch of little plastic baggies with a note inside. And the note reads, on Sunday, this bread was on the altar at the United Methodist Church of Westford for our communion worship service. It was blessed and shared, and I would like to share that blessing with you. God loves you. As you come up to the rail to receive communion, which we'll receive kneeling down this time, I invite you to take one or more of these little baggies. There are lots of them there. Then as the bread is passed to you, take as many pieces of bread as you have baggies along with a piece for yourself. Put a piece of bread in each baggie and then sometime during this week, take it to somebody and share the love of God with someone, someone you need to reach out to, maybe the person that God brought to your mind in the meditation time, someone you know it's hurting. It might be a neighbor or a coworker, somebody in the hospital, or just somebody that you know needs a blessing. Where are the shepherds? They're us. We're called to care for the sheep. Amen. Thanks for subscribing to Spirit Walker Sermons. If you're ever in the area, stop in for worship at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 10 Church Street in Westford, Massachusetts. I'd love to have you stop by my website at www.annrobertson.com, where you can also subscribe to a weekly devotion, which you can receive either as an email or a podcast. I'd love to hear from you via email at ann at annrobertson.com. Thanks again for subscribing, and I hope your week is filled with God's blessings. Thank you.